You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others and lessons that we've learned along the way and interesting things that are going on in the space to help you along your NFT journey whether you're just getting started like many people out there or you've been in it for a while like me and you're still trying to figure things out. We share all the lessons as well as talk with interesting people who are doing really cool things in the NFT world and today I've got a couple really great guests with me today. Uh, Bryant and Brittany are the founders of Farm Folks, an NFT project, which is on a mission to feed people in need and really do more good in the world. It's supporting a six-acre permaculture farm in Ohio, and their mission is to grow and donate healthy food to the people in their community who need it the most. Guys, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thanks for having us. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is really fun because not only is this a cool, innovative project, and I'm interested to hear what's going on, but Brian, you are also the brother of my good friend, Bennett Phillips, who's been on the show a couple of times. In fact, he was my first guest when I started this back in November, and I know he has become a very influential person in the NFT world as well. So maybe we'll start there. For you, did you learn about, come into NFTs through your brother, or was it through something else? No, yeah, it was definitely through him. 100%. Last summer. <laughs> <It's all bad. laughs> That's why we're here. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> we were talked into this. I'm just kidding. When he, kind of. <laughs> when he first started talking about it, we were like, what are you talking about? These are cartoon images or what? Yeah. we didn't understand we it at confused. all. Yeah. But then around Thanksgiving, we, they, he came up and uh, for, for the holiday uh, to the farm and you know, after we had eaten and had a little wine and the kids were all occupied, he was like, okay, listen. Here's what, here's what this is. Right. And he kind of explained to us like things like intellectual property rights ownership and started talking about DeFi and it started as a, as a way to maybe just raise a little capital for the farm and mm-hmm. just make our lives easier as we get into our third season here. But he basically used the, the, the phrase Patreon on steroids. Hmm. And that was the thing that kind of the light bulb went on for us. And we talked a little bit more after they left. And about a week later, we hit him with the idea of farm folk. And we've always wanted to be able to give back from, from the farm, but, you know, financially it doesn't make a ton of sense because there's not a bunch of money in market gardening and (laughs) sustainable farming, especially at our small scale. But we kind of realized that NFTs might be a way to, to not only give back, but to like, really take that piece and make it kind of the whole effort. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's back up to the background of how you ended up with this farm. And Brittany, I understand both of you have a a background in restaurants, right? Fine dining, running restaurants, that sort of thing. Yeah, Um, pretty much all of our, all of my career, definitely. And I think the same for you has been in restaurant industry uh, until 2020. Okay. So what happened in 20? I mean, obviously we know what happened happened in 2020. Like, why did you stop working in restaurants? But but tell me what did it? Because obviously like, you know, everybody has their own experiences. My whole business got shut down by COVID, but it was, you know, a completely different industry. Restaurants I know was a big struggle with people not really going out anymore. So what happened with the, with the two of you during that time? You, you, uh, you still were in it. I was running a restaurant in the city and a lot of stuff happened that the beginning of that year and then March kind of topped it off when everything shut down. Bars and restaurants were the first thing to shut down here. Mm-hmm. And just like everyone that all of my friends, we were just like unemployed. So, and as you 
probably know the restaurant industry people like to party. So we were like, woohoo, this is awesome. <laughs> and then we were like, wait, maybe this isn't so awesome. What are, what are we going to do? Right. So I actually come October of 2020 started investing all of my free time and getting my real estate license. So mm. it kind of pushed me towards getting out of the industry and be like being on the fence about getting out of the industry at the point that I was at being in there for 13 years. It's exhausting. I needed kind of the push to get out of the industry. So I wasn't exactly mad about the shutdown. It kind of gave me a lot of time to think about what I really wanted to do. And I took that time to invest in another piece of education. So I got my real estate license and started learning a whole new trade, which has been crazy as well. Real estate never really stopped during that time. I was always amazed. It it was deemed essential. Right. Yeah. People needed to live. What about you, Brian? Uh, So I was working on a restaurant project in 2019 and it's going to be a farm to table, mostly vegetable plant-based menu. And we were trying to find a farmer to part with kind of like that Alice Waters style. I don't know if you've heard of the slanted door in Berkeley, California, but she's got her own farm and everything is kind of like the farmers have a big say in how the menu's created. And we wanted to emulate that a little bit. And the farmers that we talked to were basically like, yeah, that's great. We'd love to do that, but you know, you guys aren't open yet. So why don't you open your restaurant and buy from us? And then we'll, we'll get there because you know, you want to have somebody on staff and kind of dictate production and then have right. that flow into the kitchen. Uh, and then the pandemic. Well, so then this property that we're on came available. My mom actually found it. We kind of thought, well, hey, chef, like we just hire somebody to do it in in my yard at my house. And uh, and then the pandemic happened. And Brittany was we were recruiting her heavily to run the front of house for that project. Hmm. So when the pandemic happened and the that project kind of fell apart, like so many other ones did, our conversation stopped being about the best way to manage an, a, a service staff or a wine program and started being about kissing. And now we're engaged and we're in the <laughs> NFT world. <laughs> Amazing how the world changes, changes our focus. a lot about growing food. Yeah. But yeah. 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 We talk a lot about growing food, but so this is our third season on the farm now. And um, it was always going to be the first one where we're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to build a production set schedule that satisfies 40 memberships. So 40 families of four, basically for 23 to 27 weeks out of the year can collect a full share of of vegetables. We were going to operate a a community supported agriculture model, like CSA model, where you buy your membership, you know, for the season or for the year at the beginning of the year that helps the farm get their startup costs for compost and seed and, you know, kind of get everything going for the year. And then, you know, a few weeks later, like we're getting ready to harvest some radishes and things here pretty soon. We got a lot more going in than coming out right at this time. But then you can kind of start coming by the farm, picking your stuff up, pick your salad mix up. And yeah. And then when we figured out the NFT and angle. And then Ben came and then, yeah, along. Ben, ben, ben came his, along. It's new. So, so you had already, you moved into this farm a couple of years ago and you were already looking at doing this subscription type model where you were having people essentially like get their share of food from your farm instead of like selling to a restaurant piece by piece here or there doing more of an individual subscription. So this kind of fit in a little bit to what you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's been really interesting to see how easily like the CSA model is a pretty traditional approach towards small scale organic Mm -hmm. farming. Right. But yeah, we didn't want to do the farmer's market grind 
like just just taking your produce to market every week is a full day of cutting and washing and sorting and bagging. You got to have refrigeration in the field. Then you have to take staff to transport it to the market. And you know you're not going to make a living just doing one market a week. So now you've got to do three a week, and then now you've got to staff for that kind of production scale. And we always knew it was going to be just us and some friends and some part time help. But we're also where we're located is kind of unique. Most of the farms you know, similar to ours are another hour at least outside of town, but we're kind of right inside the city limits. And we just got really lucky, like with the zoning where we are, we're just big enough to be able to do something like this. So we said, well, if people can come here and pick what they want, you know, and then they can have an investment of it. We plan to put a, a pond in so we can do some fishing here and then, you know, be able to have fish and a pavilion where we were going to host like chef farm to table dinners and things like that. Mm. all of that would have been wrapped up in the membership. And of course, you know, talking to Ben, the idea of subscription services and memberships like that, we, you know, that was a steroids kind of a, an approach yeah. towards the CSA model anyway. But yeah, the NFT piece really gives us the opportunity to, you know, test everything we've learned about how to do this. But also we've got a local partner here in town that's going to be able to, to process all of our foods, so everything we can give them. They process 25,000 pounds of food a week. And by process, I mean, they have like chef, chef volunteers come into their facility, break down the raw ingredients, turn them into casseroles or whatever, and then they take care of delivering it too. So huh. that's way more. I mean, they're able to handle way more than we can give them. So they can take everything we can, we can get them and keep it fresh and keep it healthy and get it to the families around town that, you know, don't otherwise have access to this kind of stuff. And we feel a lot better about doing it that way than just selling it to our hipster friends, you know, who are going to just Instagram the soup they made with it later. So, <laughs> Which is good. fine. It just, yeah, nothing wrong fine, with that, right? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of felt a little, not backwards, but just, I can't remember the word you used, but just charging people a higher dollar amount to access healthy food seemed kind of out out of what we were trying to do. Hmm. And then when Ben came along and gave us the NFT idea and kind of planted that seed, we were like, okay, well, maybe this will allow us to do what we really believe in instead of, you know, creating another like bougie farm in the city. (laughs) So it's not bad. I mean, people need healthy food and it's hard to get these days in some areas and things like that. And obviously some places it's almost impossible, which is, I think, part of the problem you're trying to solve. So going back to the NFT part, since this is an NFT podcast, when when Ben started talking to you about this, what was your first reaction to this whole idea of non-fungible tokens and Web3 and everything that he was getting involved in? Probably pretty similar to the reaction that we get trying to tell our friends about it now, which is, what are you talking about? And then Ben was getting heavier and heavier into it. We actually kind of talked to like mom and dad and we were like, is he, what's going on? Is he, what is he doing? Is he okay? what is he, yeah. you know, but now he's got all of us are onboarded. We all have wallets. We all, we're all collecting, yeah. you know, yeah. deadheads and everything else he's recommending. So right. it's, it's weird when you first approach the NFT space, I think, because like, it's not intuitive. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense at first pass. And you, and you start to like kind of fud yourself. You're like doubting. You're like, this guy, there's gotta be more to this. It can't be. Right. And then when it, when it does kind of the tumbler lock falls in place, you're like, oh no, it really is just that simple. Like mm-hmm. it's cool art. And then some of them have this, you know, added utility function to it. Now they're yeah. being gamified, you know, you can have some fun, but it's really just, it's, it's as simple as it sounds the first time you hear it. <laughs> just, you yeah. have to it's just a, like accept yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It doesn't compute right away. That's for sure. Yeah. 
what was the first NFT that you bought? Was it Deadhead or something else? The first NFT that we bought to collect? Yes. I think was Brittany got Women from Venus. I think so. Was the first one we got to collect. She has her forever Deadhead now. I've got a couple that I collect. Mostly we just buy them and give them away to the people that are supporting our project. We've spent... 10 times the amount of ETH on, on that effort yeah. that we have, but we've started to kind of get into a few. So we're in deadheads. We're in unethical cupids. We're at, with roads to Rome show. We're in toddler pillars. Mm. I want a fame lady, which was really exciting. Yeah. Oh, that nice. was the first NFT. That was the won. first NFT that I obtained. I actually won my first one. So. Oh, that's cool. I've got yeah. a fame lady as well. Yeah. And I was also, uh, unfortunately in the other project that that original group ran was rugged <laughs> and lost. Oh, some yeah, money. yeah. Yeah. When they started another one called Queenship and then watched, you know, people take over the fame lady, uh, squad, which was really cool to see what right. they've done with that. That's interesting. So they start, so you started collecting some, and then you've gotten involved in some other projects in addition to your own, which we'll talk about, I assume like also showed you what's possible with community and everything else in the NFT space. Sure. I think that's a big Definitely. measure for us. I mean, Brittany picks them for the most part. She's like, this is a good one. I like, you know, and a lot oh, of it is like, like, you mean as individuals? Not yeah. For in, what we're going to collect. The project. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you kind of pick which, which one within okay. the project too. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> she's got the, she's got the seed phrase to the wallet. So. Okay. Well, to decide. I don't know how to work the ledger. So she gets to, All right, so you which need one to share that can. now on the podcast. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I'll never <laughs> share your seed phrase. Were you surprised with with Ben, who's been on this podcast a couple of times in the past and has become not only like he was so into this space and NFTs that he's also become such an influencer in this space as well. He's got over 8,000 followers on Twitter and a lot of people that are like buying things and, and following things that he's talking about. Yeah, he did a really good job of like being very humble about that. So mm. when he first started, you know, talking about the space and trying to get us to be a part of it. I remember him like leaving after the holiday was over and Bri going in and being like, wait a minute, he's like kind of a big deal. And then we start under <laughs> uncovering like these podcasts and like, yeah. you know, finding out that he actually had like a really big voice in, in the space. Yeah. So that was kind of like gradually uncovered for sure. I started yeah. listening to podcasts just to do a little research. Like, what is he talking about? And then I was like, 45 minutes into an episode of one of them. And then I heard them say that they'd been talking to you the whole time. And I was like, wait a minute, I know him. I was like, I know who Andy Storch is. And then the next episode you were talking, you were there again, talking about Ben. And then I was like, wait, this, what is happening right here? Yeah. So, but oh, I mean, you know, Ben, he's, he's yeah. very down to earth, you know, and, and very humble. If, if it was anybody else trying to get us into this space, I would have told him to pound rocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, come on, but more than just being my brother, just his demeanor and like he's very deliberate about the way that he goes about his his career and his you know his life generally he's slow and he takes his time he does his does his own research and so when he puts it to you like that you know what i mean like yeah. it makes it a lot easier to to adopt last question and then we'll we'll shift over to your project but when you think about this space on a broader level, like on a macro level, the NFT space and Web3, where things are going. What has you most excited about this space that gets you excited and want to talk to other people about it? Uh, Brittany, we'll start with you. I was very surprised with the amount of people that could relate to our project. Mm -hmm. Going into a Web3 space and presenting our project and 
presenting the, the fact that we were farmers. The very first space that we went on actually was the graveyard, graveyard shift with Phil. And there happened to be like three other permaculture or agriculture related or farmers in the, in the space. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. So I'm really excited about reaching so much farther than we would have been able to reach and reach a lot more people. And I'm excited that there are people that are interested in farming and sustainability. So that's really exciting. It was kind of shocking how it's not, you know, you kind of think like, well, it's going to be all a bunch of tech kids and I, you know, I'm going to be way out of my depth and this isn't what, you know, we didn't even have Twitter before we started this, this, you know, and then it's, but it's been really cool to see how many different kinds of personalities and it's just such a diverse, you know, field um, when you get into the space. What I like to think about it, because certainly there's criticism. I think that it is very like young white male dominated space for sure. Right. And at the same time, I find that it's very open-minded and inclusive and it is opening up to a lot of diversity and a lot of different types of people, drawing people from all different backgrounds and, you know, income levels and geographies and all that sort of stuff into a kind of a, an open field where everybody has a chance to jump in, you know, not everybody has the same resources, right. But to be able to get involved in things, even if they can't buy something to still be involved in the community. A lot of communities are very open to that, which is cool too. All right. We're going to wrap this up here and then stay tuned for part two, where we are going to dig in to your project of Farm Folk. For now, anybody listening to this that wants to reach out to you to follow you in what you're doing on Twitter or anywhere else, where's the best place for them to go? Twitter is kind of where most of what we do happens. It's at Farm Folk NFT. Our pinned tweet right now is uh, an open invite to our Discord too, which we've just launched. We're having some fun in there. We do a lot of giveaways and most of that happens in the Discord at this point. But um, we got our website launching soon. The project's launching pretty soon too, but I guess we'll get into that on the next part of this but um yes we will but yeah twitter is twitter is the main place for us farm folk nft all right sounds good thanks brian thanks Brittany, for being here we'll talk to you again real soon Thanks again for listening to My NFT Journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by Voice.com. Yeah, Voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon-neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with U.S. dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice, and I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy, or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs, and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out, voice.com, and let me know what you think.